Welcome to Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage. I'm Greg. And I'm Erin. We've been married for over 30 years, almost 31 years, and we're marriage counselors and we lead the marriage team here at Focus on the Family. I'm so excited today for the topic because we're going to talk to some of our favorite people, and that's engaged couples. You know, really, how do we prepare for marriage well? Well, this is so important because as I look back, you know, 30 now, one years mm-hmm. ago, at how we prepared mm-hmm. for marriage. Um, <laughs> or didn't. Yeah, or didn't. The thing that really stands out, we actually did take a premarital assessment. It's called the Prepare. And what is so hilarious, we found that, I think, one of our last moves to mm-hmm. a different city. years ago. Yeah, we're cleaning stuff out. And we I actually ran across that. And remember, we sat in our garage and read through that report and laughed and laughed and laughed because I remember at the time thinking, this is so stupid. Why do we need this assessment? <laughs> well, we I know remember, what we're doing. We're going to have a great yeah, marriage. I remember what it said, and it said we were going to struggle with conflict. And we <laughs> thought that was the funniest thing because we really didn't have conflict prior to getting married. And then we got married, and whoa, came like a tidal wave. And so, you know, all these years later is to come across that report and see that that was probably the highest thing we were going to struggle with. And it was smack on. Yeah. Well, it also said that we'd probably have some challenges around agreeing on finances, which mm-hmm. was so true. I mean, that, that those was, were some of our earliest. <laughs> that was like our first week of marriage. <laughs> I know. Arguing about how to spend money. Uh-huh. I remember you wanted to talk about how we'd spend money. And I just wanted to be able to spend whatever agreed upon amount. And so it predicted that very well. And then it also said with our extended family relationships, kind of in-laws, that we might have some problems there. And we did (laughs) as well. And and I think the point being, that's a great way um, to prepare for marriage. Not the only thing. I mean, you can't replace premarital counseling. Actually, the research shows that eight to 10 hours mm-hmm. of good premarital education, premarital counseling, that when we do that, 80% of those couples stay together. So that that's a huge, big deal. But an assessment, though, can really give you an opportunity to think through things you ordinarily wouldn't. And it inspires mm-hmm. good conversations. Last night, I was meeting with an engaged couple. Mm-hmm. And so I had them take our marriage assessment. It's called Focus on Marriage Assessment. We'll actually put a link in the show notes um, to where free. you can, yeah, it's free. You can take that. And really, what it's identifying, looking at 10 factors, what are you strong in? So it'll give you your three strongest of those 10, and then it'll show you the three lowest mm-hmm. in in how you can then grow in those areas. But it was great to take that young couple through. Mm-hmm. And actually what was weird about yesterday, so I had I met with that young couple, but I was also on a radio program to where the host, it was a husband and wife, they surprised me by taking the marriage assessment Aww, that's really and then cool. they wanted to go over the results and have me kind of spontaneously, you know, speak into their relationship and it went well. That's really and, cool. I mean, they, they, again, they had some, maybe, some things they Maybe we should do that. I, well, I wasn't going to say it. We to could you, take but the assessment and then have someone speak into our relationship. I actually except... took it for you. And oh, okay. I do have notes that we okay. can go over later. Nice, some so, feedback. Yeah, but but again, it's a great way just to take a look at your relationship, 
I wish we would have paid attention to those results way back when, but certainly uh, we do those things now. So we encourage you to take a look at that free assessment, go to the show notes, and Mm -hmm. there'll be Mm -hmm. a link there. Well, we've got some great segments coming up. Later on, we're going to talk with a newlywed about how she and her husband prepared for their marriage. We'll also hear a question from one of our listeners, and she wants to know, how can she help her boyfriend grow spiritually as they start thinking about marriage? But first, we had a great conversation with Dr. David Gudgel about the importance of understanding the marriage covenant. He's an author and pastor with some great thoughts to share. So let's listen to what he had to say. Well, you have a story about Kelly the dog. I love this. And what Kelly the dog taught you about marital commitment. So what what did you learn from Kelly the dog? Well, we kept trying to have a dog. That's kind of the, you know, what went on here is that Kelly was about our third dog. I don't remember. We, We just thought we were dog people, you know, and so we thought it was just the dog's problem. And so we would get another dog, you know, a replacement dog, and... And it wasn't that we were killing the dogs or anything like that. Please don't misunderstand. We were like training You do them live off, on a farm. You know? Maybe there's, you know, unmarked graves. That's all we're, that's all we're saying. <laughs> well, that's a whole other story. You're right. <laughs> other animals that used to be a part of our family. But, uh, there was Pete the know? Hedgehog oh. that's no... Yeah, oh, that's, my yeah. goodness. You know, you name it. But anyway, so... The, the deal was is that um, with Kelly, we thought she was finally going to be the, it was a poodle, a poodle. And, you know, lovely, just, you know, fun-loving kind of dog, but had its own way, which is often what we have, you know, the same <laughs> issue. And our whole family went to the door because somebody had knocked at the door. We were having dinner, we had a big spaghetti dinner, and we just got started in the dinner and we went to the door, and while we were at the door, some special friends were there. Kelly decided to have our dinner. I mean, Uh-oh. Kelly got up on the table <laughs> and ate the entire bowl of spaghetti. Just right? lady and tramp style, just sucking those noodles <laughs> one by one. That, yeah, That's what it was. And, uh, you know, when we finally came back into the, the kitchen there, the dining room, Kelly was cowering in the corner, you know. That's she for knew sure. she was naughty. <laughs> the white, the white <laughs> poodle was red from all the sauce it, being splattered yeah, it was everywhere. All over the face, the evidence was obvious, you know. And so that was that was kind of the last straw for us and Kelly. And so Bernice one day took the dog on a walk, and when she came back. She didn't have the dog anymore. She had given it to somebody at Seven <laughs> Eleven. <laughs> the question so is, was the dog still red? <laughs> maybe so. I don't remember that part of it. But but I said, what happened? She said somebody complimented the dog. And, oh, we love your dog. And she said, well, would you like to have it? You know. <laughs> it loves so spaghetti. Then, yeah. It's got a lot of positive qualities. Yeah. There Kelly went. You know. Yeah. yeah. But uh, we just, you know, if if we're talking about commitment, this is not the uh, picture of commitment, the Gudgel's commitment to a dog. <laughs> we, we hate to say it. We, we like the idea of a dog, 
But actually, the responsibility of having a dog, it's just, it's That's not good. us. Seriously. <laughs> we really we wouldn't mind being one of your kids or one of your 11 grandkids. <laughs> I'm not sure we'd want to be one of your pets. That's what we're, <laughs> we're, 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 yeah, this is what we're getting go from for this. a walk? Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, yeah. It makes me think of if someone compliments oh. me on my husband. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah. But that's that's what you're saying. No, no, no. We have to have much more commitment in this thing called marriage, not just the infatuation of the idea of marriage, but yeah. that we really understand that we're signing up for a journey and it's not always going to go smoothly. And we have to rely then on our commitment that we made before God. And I always think God is the one who can help us courageously to face some of those those challenges. Yeah, and you know, we had that uh, said to us by our premarital counselor. His name was Daryl Delphi. Say, oh, I don't yeah. know, we you know him. That's but, I went uh, to Scottsdale Bible when when I was oh, younger. Of course, yeah. then sure. Well, Daryl did our premarital counseling. It was wow. when he's back in California and uh, a small church in the Santa Cruz area. But anyway, so he did our premarital counseling. And I might have shared this story in the uh, Before You Get Engaged book, but he said he stuck, took his finger and he stuck it in the air. Now, this is the day David and Bernice said that you're going to get married, January 10th, 1976. Now, you guys are all calculating that out, you know. But anyway. <laughs> what would that be in dog years? Yeah. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> in memory of Kelly. Poor Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> We're never going to get out of that one. But anyway, so he stuck his finger in the air. So this is the day you're getting married. That's the day you're making a commitment to God to have and to hold for better and worse, richer and poorer, sickness and health and so forth. And he's, you know, and then he said, now this is the line of commitment. He drew a kind of a horizontal line with his finger. And he said, and this is going to go on and on and on until you die. And it's a, it's a line of commitment. It's a covenant commitment that you're making to each other. And then he took his other hand and, and went above the line, if you could picture this, above the line, and he said, now all this stuff up here above the line is like those high moments that you're going to have in your relationship with each other, and it's going to be wonderful. You're going to be like bumping heaven, you know, you can just hear Daryl saying that. Yeah. And it's going to be a great time. But then he said, and he took his hand and went below the line, and he said, but there are going to be days we're going to be mm-hmm. in the pits, and you're going to be thinking, what was I thinking when we got married, you know? And he said, you can't go with the high or the low moments. You've got to go with the commitment, the commitment that that you've made to God. And it's a commitment that is, he will help you keep, but you've got to keep the commitment to each other, sacrificially. And it's really that the grit that you're talking about, grit means that we'll do whatever Mm -hmm. it takes to fight for this marriage. And I know for, for Aaron and I, our oldest daughter, um, when, after she got married, well, before she got married, I had that conversation with her husband and, you know, what about commitment and are you willing to do whatever it takes? And, oh, of course. And I truly believe that he believed mm-hmm. everything he was mm-hmm. saying, but then three sure. years into their marriage, he wanted to be married to someone else. Mm-hmm. And, and what it did is that. It soured me on, well, anybody can say whatever they want. They can tell you they're going to be committed. They can Mm -hmm. do that. But what does that really look like? What does commitment walked out, you know, look like? And I think one of the things now that uh, several years after that, that I think is a big marker of commitment is a willingness to seek help. You can say, yeah, I'll be with you forever and, and I can follow that line out. 
unless you're a dog named Kelly. But otherwise, you know, I can I can do that. I can believe that. But but really, to me, beyond saying that I'm committed, it's do I have mentors in my life? Mm -hmm. Do I have people influencing me? Have I gone to a counselor to deal with baggage? And and it's that seeking help Mm -hmm. to me that really shows evidence that that I'm serious about this. I want to keep growing and learning. Yeah, and even going in for premarital counseling and showing that I'm willing to to take a step through those counselors' doors and and sit and be humble enough to allow someone else to speak in to my life and the relationship. I, I agree, Greg, so much evidence as far as the commitment, the level of commitment and the level of what someone is willing to do for commitment. Well, I so enjoyed that conversation, but honestly, Erin, I cannot quit thinking about Kelly the dog. Me, me what too. What happened to I, Kelly? Well, I just imagine his wife, David's wife, at Seven Eleven, <laughs> and someone compliments the dog, and she hands the dog off. That's that. <laughs> so we 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 need to do that right a little differently within our marriage, and it mm-hmm. really highlights commitment. In when I think about commitment there there's some really important parts of that they're important to understand mm-hmm. i think first of all commitment involves a decision mm-hmm. and i think that decision is really around identifying or being aware of things that maybe would go against the marriage so mm-hmm. so for example um we talk a lot about the dangers, the minefield of opposite sex friendships. Mm-hmm. And I know, Aaron, we've had a lot of conversations with married couples mm-hmm. over the years mm-hmm. where one is saying, man, you know, I've had this this relationship with an opposite sex friend for a number of years and I don't want to give that up. And it, it always takes me back to thinking no, I mean, that's one of those decisions. Like I, if if there's an issue there, that I choose mm-hmm. you. Like there's mm-hmm. no other relationship on this earth that I would prioritize over you. Yeah. Well, and I find sitting with couples that so often they don't have that conversation yeah. or they don't have those kind of conversations unless there's someone guiding them or leading them or prompting them, you know, to go, what is the threat to our marriage? And how can I as an individual show up and honor my marriage? And, you know, it's great if you can go to each other and have a two-way conversation about that and agreement of, yeah, as far as opposite sex friendships, this is kind of our guidebook. These are the rules, the guidelines we're putting in place so we can both attribute to that. But sometimes someone, you know, one spouse may not be willing to do that. So then how can I do that? Right. Again, we're not picking on opposite sex friendships, more saying that part of that commitment is recognizing, mm-hmm. identifying things that threaten our marriage. And how do we cut those out and make sure that that we, we are strongly committed to each other? I think another part of commitment, and I love this part, is, is there has to be a valuing of our marriage relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, I can value you. Yes, but what is valuable about this marriage, yeah. this thing called marriage? And, uh, you know, it's, you know, whatever we value is what we're going to invest in yeah. and we're going to take care of. And so, yes, I can value you, you can value me, but 
what do we love about our marriage? Yeah. And I every time we talk about this, we come up with different things. Yeah, what you know, would you say? Yeah. What do you value about our marriage? Oh, my word. You know, we in the past, we've talked about, you know, raising kids together and ministry together and building a household together. But as of late in this season, what I love about our marriage is that we're in it together, whatever it is that comes up. And as of late, we you know have been dealing with aging parents and recently moved my 85-year-old father out to Colorado, and we were in that together. I wasn't alone, and I'm so grateful that our marriage values um, aging parents and that yeah. we were willing to do that as a team. Yeah. What as, about you? Yeah, as I think about that, um, I think the... And maybe this sounds weird, but the unknown is one of my favorite things about marriage. You know, this journey that we are on, I never know what's what's around the corner. So, I mean, is in my mind, I think about like we're on this canoe trip and we're both in the canoe and we're going around some, you know, big bluff or some mm-hmm. big rock. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what's around the next corner, but I do know you're there with me. Mm-hmm. And like you're saying, like for us recently, what's been around the, the next corner, the next bend in the river is, yeah, an aging parent mm-hmm. and having to deal um, with all those issues. But like you said, I mean, I, I so know that we're in this together, but, but I love the unknown. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I love the unknown, but I'm thankful I don't have to go through the it's unknown. An That's what I like as about an individual. It. I'd rather yeah. go through it with you. True. And you know, another thing, as we look at commitment, um, grit is such a valuable part of commitment in marriage. And that's the the benefit that we get as we travel through these difficulties and challenging times that when we get to the other side, we go, wow, look at what we just traveled through. Look at, you know, when we look back on our canoe trip, look at what the rapids we just traveled through. And we're stronger on this side because we can look back and go, wow, the next set of rapids that we hit, because there will be another set. We know how to paddle. We know how to travel through it together. Yeah. Well, Kelly the dog, <laughs> although we can't commit to you, we, we think about you, and it's just a great reminder of these dimensions of commitment, how mm-hmm. we can kind of use her memory mm-hmm. to help strengthen our relationship. You know, if you'd, if you'd like more advice on this topic, you know, Aaron and I wrote a book, it's one of our very favorites, called Ready to Wed, it's 12 Ways to Start a Marriage You'll Love. You can give this away as a, a gift to maybe you're, you know, we're entering wedding season. Mm-hmm. So maybe this is a gift. You sign that up and put your favorite verse or maybe your, your one thing tip right there is as you sign it and give that to the couple. I mean, mm-hmm. do we really need another dish towel or a, a doorway mat? Yeah. What no. a useful tool to share with someone. The good news is we'll send you that book for a gift of any amount. And so when you get the book and you invest in that way, really what you're doing is supporting the show and the show can help other couples thrive in their marriage. So thank you for your generosity. You can check the link in the show notes to get your book. 
Well, today we are here with Megan Seeley, who just happens to be the wife of Alex, who's part of our podcast team. And so, welcome, Megan. We're excited to have you here with us. Thank you. I'm happy to be They've here. They've been married a whopping one yeah, year. Yeah, they of, just what, got like back, a week ago. right, from your one-year yes. anniversary trip. Yes, we did. We just got back on Tuesday. So, how did you guys prepare then for your marriage? Because so many couples now were engaged, we're thinking about the wedding, making yeah. all those plans, and that can consume us. What did you guys do? Um, Well, for me specifically, I remember that while dating him, there was a very distinct point where mentally I was realizing that this could be like, oh, this could be like the relationship that works out and I could marry the the guy. Mm -hmm. And one of the first things I did was I like went to my mom and dad because I'm very close to them, thankfully. Mm -hmm. And I was just talking to my dad and I was like, do you think like I'm ready for marriage like because I still felt very young but I was also aware that our relationship was very solid and like had a lot of momentum and trajectory to get to that point so I was like you know me best like do you think I could do that is am I crazy for even thinking about that um and he gave me some advice that I think was super instrumental in my preparation where he said like Megan honestly no one's ever like fully ready (laughs) to get married like you never know what you're going to come up against you never know what conflicts you're you're, you specifically as a couple are going to have so no one is but like all you can do is like be in the best relationship with the lord as you can and be the best version of yourself and like that will give you the tools that you need to become ready when those conflicts mm. arise. Mm. And so that was very freeing as like a young person of like, I don't know, like, am I ready? Am I not? I don't like, what do I need to do? What do I need to say? What do I need to read? And he was just like, just like grow with the Lord as a person mm-hmm. and grow mm-hmm. with how the Lord will teach you to communicate with people and have the fruits of the spirit like mm-hmm. flowing from mm-hmm. you because, you know, conflicts will come up and you don't know what's going to come up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you do know that you will need patience. And you do know that you will need kindness and, like, the ability to, like, say sorry and the ability to forget. Like, all these very, like, foundational elements, Mm -hmm. those are what you need to, like, grow in. Yeah. And he was like, and I think in that regard, you're not a perfect Christian, but you have the ability to continue to grow that. And I think you are strong in that. With mm. for where you are, mm. so I think from that point on. Yeah, I imagine that settled you. It, mm. it gave you good perspective. I love how your for dad sure. really spoke that over you. Because yeah. you're right. Because it, I was working with a premarital couple last night, mm. and she was overwhelmed. I could tell, and I I just said, "Hey, I'm looking at you. You seem mm-hmm. over, very overwhelmed. What's going on?" And she said, "I." I can't decide of all the books on marriage that we should be reading, that I should be reading, what should I read? Mm -hmm. And same kind of thing, just to get her to understand you you can't possibly read it all, understand it all, know it all. Well, of course, you told her, like, any book you've written, right? Those are the ones she needed (laughs) to read. All 20 of them prior to walking down the aisle is the best advice. I love that. How sweet of your dad to just speak that over you, over his daughter. Mm And I love the concept because we so encourage couples to have that continued growth mindset. Mm -hmm. And so it's not like you've arrived once and for all and now you're ready. Mm -hmm. It's you, you, you know, have taken the steps to have a solid foundation Mm -hmm. with the Lord. And that will continue to grow as you face the ups and downs, the great seasons, the mountaintops and the the valleys. Well, Megan, as you 
now having been married a year. Mm -hmm. So there's a big difference between, you know, being intentional and preparing to go into marriage Mm -hmm. and then now having a year of experience. So now with that year of experience, maybe what would you say to that couple? They're engaged. Like, what do you think is important now to, to, Um, as a way to prepare for marriage? Yeah. Um, I would say, in addition to kind of what I mentioned previously of taking a load off, of feeling like you have to be a certain degree of prepared, um, I would say balancing kind of the two sides of marriage that you often hear is something that I didn't do quite as well as I think I could have. I think you often hear the side of marriage that's like, oh, it's the best. It's such an adventure. It's like you're living with your best friend. Nothing could be better. And then you hear this other side. Sometimes I feel a bit more of like marriage is hard. Like it's mm. a lot of work. Like it's going to be tough. It's going to be worth it. But it's going to be so hard. The hardest <laughs> thing you've ever done. Yeah. And Alex and I heard a lot of that prior to yeah. marriage. I'm just glad you heard the other part of it. This yeah. is this great yeah, adventure because so often that's all people hear. <laughs> yeah. Alex yeah. heard mostly the, the latter when he worked here and he felt really discouraged. But I think I leaned a bit. And that was Aaron, by the way, saying all that to him. So <laughs> I apologize. Um, but I think trying to go into it with a realistic expectation that both mm. are equally yeah. true mm-hmm. in that more often than not, I think it's good. But the when it is bad, it feels bigger. So it feels mm-hmm. like it almost occupies the same amount of space. Um, so I think I went in a little more laxed because I, th- I really look up to my parents. They have a really great, healthy marriage and they're always having a good time. So I think that was like my mentality more going mm-hmm. into it of like, it'll be like the same thing. It'll be like mm-hmm. when we're dating, except we get to live together and that's great. Yeah. Um, but then there were moments where I saw the other side of it. And I think... Though you you objectively know the reality of, like, you have to be, like, really intentional and you have to be, like, really, like, self-aware and selfless, it, it's a whole different beast yeah. when you're in that. Mm. And I think if I had almost gone in with a bit more of, like, a balance of those two sides, mm. I would have been more prepared because mm-hmm. there were some situations that would come up that I didn't even realize fully how I handled conflict until yeah. I got married. Because right. mm-hmm. I realized I handle it differently with my husband than I do other people, yeah. which is yeah. interesting. Yeah. Um, that's, that's typical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I think I was just not as prepared. I think if I had gone in mentally more like, make sure that you are not defensive, make sure that you are able to like say sorry and say it quickly and identify when you're responding like reactively. and yeah, like when you're triggered. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, yeah, like... It takes so much thought. And those are the elements where I totally see the other side of like, it's so much work because in those moments it is like you have yeah. to literally be like mentally constantly being like, I am sorry. And I, I did this because of this. And it's the worst feeling at the time. But it's yeah. it's the most important thing to do. So. And there's a sweet payoff for it when you yeah. do the work. I work with couples in a counseling setting, and so often they'll one or both of them will look at me and go, why is this so much work? Mm-hmm. Is it supposed to be this much work? Yeah. And I've, I'm like, you know what? What isn't work? Mm-hmm. You know, learning your new job here at Focus, I'm sure, was work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, traveling through college is work. Mm-hmm. Anything, learning to drive is work. Yeah. And so why wouldn't marriage have that component as well? But I love that we get the benefit of that connection and the fun, Mm -hmm. that journey as well. So it's like you said, it's a little bit of both. Mm -hmm. Well, we are so grateful that you are sharing kind Mm -hmm. of what you've learned over the last year. And and we love you. We love Alex. Mm -hmm. And we continue to 
we love the fact that we get to watch you guys grow up as a yes. couple. Yes, and we can root you on. I appreciate it. We're very happy to have you guys as well. Well, I love Megan's point. She's saying that no one is ever 100% ready for marriage. Yeah, that's so true. Marriage is a journey that you get to go on together. And it's going to have so many, it's going to have ups, it's going to have downs. I just love that she recognized that. Well, now we're going to move on to our weekly Q&A. And this is the part of the show where we answer your burning questions about marriage. Yes, please send us your questions. This is how we can best connect with you. Go to crazylittlethingcalledmarriage.com and click the button on the side of our show page to leave us a voicemail. And if your question gets answered on the show, we're going to send you a copy of our book, Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage, 12 Secrets to a Lifelong Romance, for free as our way of saying thank you for listening and reaching out to us. Well, today's question comes from Ty Lee. Let's listen to the voicemail that she sent in. Hi, Greg and Aaron. I just wanted to reach out on the basis of having an idle spouse or partner. My boyfriend and I have been dating for almost two years, and we are definitely pursuing marriage. And it's definitely not for a lack of desire that he struggles to read the word. But reading is just not his favorite thing, and he just is struggling to get that fire going for the Lord. I want to find a way to do this that it's not nagging and always pointing him to the Lord first. What are some places we can start? That's a great question. And Ty Lee, I think one of the most powerful experiences that Aaron and I went through around this was reading Gary Thomas. He has a book called Sacred Pathways. And, mm-hmm. and what, what what was so powerful for us, well, I mean, I'm, and Aaron, I'll speak for myself. What, what really helped me was to recognize there are many ways to connect with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that, that I was in the mindset that, you know, I needed to get up at four in the morning and have my devotion and do this and memorize this scripture. And there, there was sort of a preconceived notion on my part on how my spiritual connection with the Lord, what that should look like. Yeah, and your spiritual connection with God was different than how I connected with God. And Tylee, that's something important to recognize that your boyfriend may connect with God differently than you do, and that's okay. But what I would say is so so key, the opportunity is to encourage him to connect with a mentor Someone at the church or someone you know, someone that he admires, because what an opportunity to have somebody else speaking into his life about his relationship with the Lord besides you. I can think back to the beginning of Greg and my marriage, and so often I was the nag. I was the one that was trying to push him in the same direction that I connected to God. And again, that didn't work because that probably... I don't know, you have to say how you felt, Greg, but I'm guessing you felt pretty failed. I did. And in even the ways that you were pushing me, it reinforced sort of this, well, that should be what I'm doing, mm-hmm. and yet I don't have that motivation to do it quite that way. And so I felt very failed. I felt like mm-hmm. there was something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And, and really, for me, reading that book, and, and we'll put a link to that book, The Sacred Pathways, here in our show notes. Mm-hmm. You can go right to that book. But what it did is that expanded my view, broadened my understanding of how to connect with the Lord mm-hmm. to where I started doing those things that I never would have associated with connecting with the Lord. 
it invigorated my walk with God. And that was powerful. And I think, Aaron, too, another part of this was for me understanding that a, a big part of, of connecting with the Lord is is to notice how that we walk out loving each mm-hmm. other. Mm-hmm. So, and here's what I mean by this. So, Tylee, for, for me, you know, as a husband, you know, God says a lot about how I need to sacrifice for Aaron. That's in Ephesians 5.25, that I need to cherish her and nourish her. It's Ephesians 5.29, to provide for her. That's 1 Timothy 5.8. Learn to listen in an understanding way, Colossians 3.19, and, and even being gentle in kindness, you mm-hmm. know, not harsh. And that's 1 Peter 3.7. In other words, the more that I started to notice the way that I was loving Aaron was actually a manifestation of my relationship mm-hmm. with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And and that was so helpful because I wouldn't have put those things like, oh, when I, you know, when I serve Aaron or I'm sacrificing for Aaron, I, I wouldn't mm-hmm. have thought about that in terms of that's, that's me walking out my relationship with the Lord. And looking back, what I would say to me as that young bride, that, you know, be encouraging to Greg, be encouraging to what he was doing versus what he was not doing. And I was hard on you. And if I could do it again, I would be that encourager that I naturally am. But I think fear would have the propensity to take over and just, you know, really encouraging him for these things that he was providing, that he was listening, that he was sacrificing and cherishing and not knowing that that was all part of leadership. Leadership has multiple forms. There's different styles of leadership. Servant leadership actually is more about listening and valuing and being empathic. And, you know, Greg had never led me or led a wife before. And so it's not like you get married and then all of a sudden, you know, you become this great leader. It takes time. It takes intention. And so I would say the great, the greatest thing you could do, Tylee, is to encourage Get someone else involved to encourage him as well and and pray for him and let God do his thing. Well, thanks to Tylee for your question and look out for your copy of Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage. And if you're listening today and have any questions for us, contact us. Go to crazylittlethingcalledmarriage.com and click the button on the side of our show page and leave us a voicemail. Thank you for joining us for Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage. Marriage is such a beautiful thing, and being able to start it strong is so important. Yeah, and be sure to like, listen, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. We want you to have a seat at the table every week as we help equip you and your spouse to have a lifelong and satisfying marriage. You know, we also want to help you grow spiritually both as individuals and as a couple so that you can invest in other couples to help them build thriving marriages. Thanks again for listening. We'll talk with you next week about this crazy little thing called marriage. Is your marriage holding on by a thread? For deep hurt, you need deep healing that only comes from the Lord. And you'll find it at a Focus on the Family Hope Restored Intensive in Michigan. 
Our licensed Christian counselors will help you and your spouse get to the root of your issues in just three to five days. And it works. 80% of the couples are still married two years after attending. Learn more at HopeRestored.com and talk with a trusted advisor. That's HopeRestored.com.